Hello, everybody. My name is Ed Ryan. I am the editorial director of the podcast Business Journal. When I was at PodFest just a month ago down in Orlando, I had an opportunity to meet Bruce Warzniak. Now, Bruce has three podcasts that he takes care of, uh, plus his regular job, and he was at PodFest doing a presentation and, and meeting people and hanging out with people and networking with people. And so we thought it would be a great idea to talk to Bruce about his experience in the podcasting space, and we put him in the PBJ Spotlight where we talk about how to promote your show, how to prepare great show notes, how to prepare for a show, how many shows you should have in the can before you launch. And so right now, let's get in the PBJ Spotlight with Bruce Warzniak. Bruce, thanks so much for coming on. And the first question I always like to ask podcasters is, how and why did you become a podcaster? How and why? Well, how was by attending a e-marketing group that was put on by someone that we affectionately know as the Podfather. And the reason that I did it was... I had known about podcasting and thought that it would be a good marketing tool for my business. So I don't want to say the planets aligned. I just think that the time had come that I was ready and launched it in February of 2014. What were you doing before that? Well, I still have the same business that I had then, which is now here this incorporated, which has always been a company that does Promotional work, I call it communications, public relations, media relations, marketing, the web, social media, for clients that range anywhere from performers to authors, small businesses. I even had an Olympic athlete client, but I thought that starting a podcast would be a good way to start reaching people who I otherwise probably wouldn't get in front of, meaning that some artist who performs maybe, say, in the St. Louis area, might hear the podcast and say, I wonder if this Bruce guy could manage and promote me from across the miles. And now here we are in 2019. And of course, podcasting being what it is, it became so much more to me than just that. So the first podcast, uh, I believe it was the first one, right? Now here is now here this turned into the first one. And has that helped your business? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm only going to correct you because there's a, a neat lesson here for podcasters that has always surprised me. When I went to start the podcast, I thought, well, my company is called Now Hear This, so I guess I'll just call the podcast Now Hear This, and did something as simple as go on iTunes and punched in Now Hear This, and I said, oh, someone's already using that title. I'm going to call mine Now Hear This Entertainment, and I bring that up, Ed, because it surprises me that it's so fundamental, yet I think people who are starting into podcasting just think, I need to come up with a good name for my podcast. And because they come up with something that they like, they don't think to take that extra simple step, which is, i got to make sure no one else is already using that. I called mine Now Hear This Entertainment, and yes, it has very, very much helped me in terms of everything from getting a client to getting a speaking engagement to getting hired by someone else to do a podcast. I mean, that has done so much for me. And really, the depth of contacts that I have built up because of all those guests that I've interviewed, doing it every week for more than five years, I don't know that you could put any kind of value on that. Everybody always wants to talk about monetization. Well, how are you monetizing the podcast? And I feel there's a huge value on those relationships that I've been able to build and those contacts that I've gotten through interviewing guests week after week for five years on Now Hear This Entertainment. 
So talk to the new podcaster, somebody that's thinking of launching one or is just launching one. You take your idea from your business and you launch a podcast. My guess is not too many people know about it. Uh, you have to push it out. You have to, you know, uh, get listeners. How did you do all that? And, um, you know, give advice on people that are just starting out so they can pick up on the different steps they need to take in order for the podcast to be successful. Well, it is going to take time. And don't get caught up in looking at stats. You'll get discouraged right away. If you can really, really niche it down to something really specific, you're going to have a lot better luck getting more listeners faster. But at the same time, don't get discouraged if you have five episodes out and you feel like, okay, feel like nobody is listening because it's way too soon and there's a lot of work that has to be done. I do a presentation called 20 Plus Ways to Promote Your Podcast, and I always start that off by saying, don't do the build it and they will come approach, which is, well... I launched my podcast. I guess people will find it now that it's on iTunes. There's more than 600,000 podcasts on iTunes. So just because it's there doesn't mean someone's going to find it. So you do have to put in the time. I also say in that presentation, if not you, then who? So you do have to become your own biggest advocate for your show and take any one or more of those 20-plus steps that I talk about so that you can get the word out there. You really have to get out on the streets figuratively and literally to let people know about it. In your opinion, is podcasting a career or a job, or is it a marketing tool? Yes. <laughs> is it a career? Is it a job? Is it a marketing tool? It can be a career. It can be a job. But I think that some people are so stargazed at the idea of starting a podcast that one of the first questions they ask other than how do I monetize this is, boy, I really like this. Can I make a career out of doing this? Not so fast, young man, is what I say, because it does take some time. And who said the expression about it takes 10 years to become an overnight success? You're not going to start into podcasting, and a month later, all of a sudden, that is your new full-time job. Yes, it could very much be, and it should be a marketing tool. I'm surprised at, with as popular as podcasting has become, that more and more major corporations have not taken to podcasting yet because you have so much control over what your message is. So I joked, but yes, it could be all of those things, Ed. It could be a career. It could be a job. It could be a marketing tool. It's also just being realistic. Now, you start with now the Hear This Entertainment. How does that lead to your second podcast? And tell us all about that. So I was doing Now Hear This Entertainment. And through the Florida Podcasters Association, I was able to get connected with Tascam. And hopefully the listeners know that Tascam is a global company, more than 40 years in business, that does all kinds of audio recording solutions. And I beta tested their mini studio creator, the US-42. It's an audio interface. They wanted to really market it towards podcasters. So I quote-unquote test drove it, gave them some feedback. They liked what I had to say. They wrote an article and published it on the homepage of their website and found that it was getting a lot of traffic and contacted me back. And they said, Bruce, how would you like to come to California to the NAM show, which is more than 100,000 people 
over four days at the Anaheim Convention Center. It's the National Association of Music Merchants. We're going to have a huge, huge, you can't even call it booth there, but they wanted me to do my Now Hear This Entertainment podcast live on location from the NAM show at the TASCAM booth. So I did that over four days. This was in January of 2017, and I did 23 interviews in four days. They had such a good experience with that that a month later, they came down to Orlando for PodFest Multimedia Expo. We sat and met again after they were done as an exhibitor, as a sponsor at PodFest, and we talked about them wanting to get more immersed in the podcasting community, and I asked them if they had a podcast, and they did not. And I said, well, I think you should have one, and they agreed. And I said, and I think you should hire me to do it. And they said, I couldn't agree with you more. And so just like that, the deal was struck in a handshake fashion, and we worked over the next few months to formalize it in writing, and that birthed the show TaskCam Talkback, which is a podcast for podcasters and streamers, the idea being let's put this out every other week to help out the podcast community and not directly sell and sit and talk about TaskCam products in every episode, but the inference being, hey, TaskCam is helping me out with a lot of good information. I should probably take a look at their products. So in addition to uh, iTunes and and um, all the other places you can, you can get uh, podcasts, is it on their website? Uh, the website is kind of undergoing some construction right now. I, I really recommend that listeners look for TaskCam Talkback on the traditional podcast platforms instead, such as iTunes, or I should say Apple Podcasts, such as Stitcher, TuneIn, those types of platforms. So how long have you been doing that now? And you said it's every other week, correct? Yeah, TaskCam Talkback has been going for a year and a half. Great. And give us an example of two or three topics that you've talked about over the last few issues. It's a lot of fun doing that show because it's things that podcasters, I think, want to know and, dare I say, are sometimes afraid to ask because everybody thinks, well, I should know what my show notes page should include for my website. So we did an entire episode about show notes, what that should look like on your website. We did one on... How do podcasters come up with ideas to put out shows on a regular basis? So these are things that podcasters are doing on a regular basis. It's just more a case of let's actually spend 20 full minutes talking about this one particular subject instead of it's maybe a two-minute part of a 45-minute discussion because there are people that say, well, wait, I have more questions about this specific topic. So the most recent one was about stats. What stats should you pay attention to? Which stats are most important? Where do you look for the stats? Which do you believe? That type of thing. Do you get a lot of feedback? Do you get a lot of inter interaction about uh, this podcast that you're doing with Tascam? And what are the downloads like? I do get feedback. It's something that I think the podcasting community has responded to well. I've enjoyed watching the downloads increase over time. Obviously, when we initially put it out the door, just like with any other podcast, as I said before, you have to give it time. And Tascam was good enough to say, look, we need to let this thing grow some legs for a while before even we ourselves really flex some muscle and get behind it. So the downloads, I don't have the numbers in front of me. They wouldn't blow you away. But at the same time, when you do watch a show start out, 
and you see it crawling out of the gate, and then all of a sudden you see the numbers continue to increase, it really does make you feel better. And here's a tip I want to give, Ed, because I hear people say, nobody listens to my show. And I say, how do you know that? And they say, because I haven't gotten a single email from a single listener over, and then they tell you how long period of time they've been doing their show for. Now, mind you, yes, I see emails coming in on behalf of TaskCam Talkback, and that makes you go, great, someone's listening. But we always joke that podcasters are all about their stats. Well, if you log in and you see stats, that means people are listening. So please don't base the success or lack thereof on emails. I often ask myself, of the podcasts that I listen to, have I ever emailed the host right. of the show right. for any reason? No. So don't get discouraged. Now, the, uh, the the big question I wanted to ask you before we move on to your third podcast is um, – what is your thought? What are your thoughts on the podcasting industry as a whole today? What do you see going on, especially from you know day one when you first started to maybe PodFest that was just a month ago? From when I started more than five years ago, I feel like it has changed tremendously. I feel like when I say it's become very corporate, I think there's this huge division in podcasting, meaning there's this big sector over here, which is very corporate, which is a lot of money, which is a lot of dollars, which is exactly what you would picture when I say corporate. And then way over here, there's all of the indie podcasters, a lot of whom are having success. But I think there's a great divide there. I think that's okay. I also see that the popularity has just exploded from more than five years ago when I started, I do think that just like anything else, the cream is going to rise to the top. So just because podcasting has become popular and it is so accessible and for all intents and purposes, anyone can start a podcast, it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you start one, you're going to stick with it and you're going to be successful. We did an episode of Taskcam Talkback about pod fading and people who do a podcast and they're regular with their delivery, and then all of a sudden they miss a show, and now it's easier to miss a second one. Eventually they disappear for a month or two and so on. So in the big podcasting picture, I think people get all excited about it. They do it, and then it's a matter of, okay, now the real work starts. You got it launched, but now what? I tell people, think of your first dozen episodes so that you already know what they're going to be because otherwise – you're going to be among the 600,000 plus that are on iTunes, but you're going to be in the big percentage that are no longer still generating new episodes. What are your thoughts on what Spotify is doing? The Gimlet anchor thing seems like old news, even though it's uh, just a month or two old. And then Parcast this week. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, you know these companies being bought up like that by Spotify and where Spotify is heading? Well, it's part of, as I said, the, the corporate side of podcasting. I'm waving my arm around over here to create this chasm, as I said, between the indies and the corporate stuff. You know, in the big picture, I have to look at it and say it's good for podcasting that there's this much attention being given to the medium, that there's m this much distribution for it, that we can sit there and say, I'm to the point where I'm starting to kind of edit myself and when I'm doing now here this entertainment, I'm doing this intro that's becoming unnecessarily long because one of the things that I was taught early in podcasting is you have to let people know where they can find it. 
So I sit there and I tell people to go to nhte.net to listen to it. And I think it's because of Spotify that I wanted to let people know, hey, this is on Spotify now. They have moved up so quickly to the number two position in terms of the second most used platform for listening to podcasts that I wanted people to know. Now here, this entertainment is also on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And then I'll say, and it's on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, the Overcast app for iOS. And so I find myself to the point where I say, I need to just start saying wherever you get your podcast from. But as I said, I think that's a credit to Spotify. They have really emerged so quickly and really shown we're going to be a major player in podcasting that a lot of us are reacting to what they're doing. And to their credit, they have a huge, huge audience that we can all get in front of. Now, let's move on to your third podcast, Catholic Sports Radio, that you just recently launched. Tell us why three, why this one, and um, why this one uh, means so much to you. This is something that I had the idea for two years ago, I think, is when I first registered the domain name, and I was all excited. I went to GoDaddy, and I purchased CatholicSportsRadio.net, and I thought, okay, here I go. And then a year went by, and I didn't do anything, and I renewed the domain name, and then you get the email again from GoDaddy, CatholicSportsRadio.net is ready to be renewed. Please click the button to keep it for another year. And so I thought, okay, I need to finally do this. And Ed, I'm really careful when I say this because in the podcasting community, as I mentioned earlier, the more niched down you are, the better. You're not competing for so, so, so many ears that so many others are. And I say this knowing that religion and spirituality is the biggest category out there. However, to get it down to something as specific as not just Christian, but Catholic, and then to say, now, wait a minute, now I'm talking about sports. So these are guests that I'm interviewing who are Catholic, and they're doing something in the sports world, whether they're a current or a former coach, athlete, official, meaning a referee or an umpire, an administrator. I want to get to team chaplains. I want to get to team doctors who are Catholic. And I just think this is so unique. And I was born Catholic. I've been a practicing, devout Catholic my whole life. And I have this long background in sports where I've worked in the National Hockey League for 10 years. I worked in the Olympic movement for 10 years. And then marrying that with my broadcasting and podcasting background, I thought this is a perfect fit and it's something that I'm really passionate about. And I'm also finding that the guests are refreshed by the topic because so many of them want to get or I'm sorry, so many of them are always getting asked about the typical wins and losses, statistics, typical sports interviews that for this to be, no, I want you to talk about your faith life and I want you to talk about how you intersect your faith life and your sports life. They go, wow, thanks. That's different. So I'm really enjoying it. I think the guests are enjoying it, and it's fun starting to watch some momentum build for Catholic Sports Radio now. How hard is it to find guests, and were you worried at the beginning that it would be a problem? <laughs> Boy, was I worried. How difficult is it to find guests? Well, I practiced what I preach, no pun intended. I sat down and said, okay, let me make a list of guests that I know would be a fit. Now, 
there's a big difference. You can sit and make a list of guests that you know would be a fit for your podcast, but it doesn't mean you're going to be able to reach them. Mm-hmm. And then when you do, it doesn't mean they're going to say yes. But I got as far as 50, 51, 52 people, and I said, okay, this will hold me over for a while. It's going to take some prayer because I'm going to need guests well beyond that so this doesn't end up being a one-year show and then it's gone. But it's really been a blessing that what has happened already is as I'm interviewing guests, as I'm meeting these folks, they're saying, by the way, you should interview so-and-so, and it's someone that I don't have on the list. Or they'll say, by the way, do you know that this person here is Catholic? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, let me get you connected with them. So that's been really terrific. So it's given me a lot more confidence, enthusiasm that I can sustain this over a long period of time. So, Bruce, you have you have three podcasts and you have a full-time business. How much time are you spending editing and working on, on the shows that, you know, you can't really um, quantify in terms of money, but it, it time, it, it does take a lot of time, especially if you're a perfectionist like I think you are, where you want it to all sound perfect? Yeah, I would say the answer to how much time am I spending, the answer is too much time. And that is not, by the way, an invitation for people to contact me and say, well, let me edit your podcast for you. I am a perfectionist. I used to do Now Hear This Entertainment at a recording studio. And then when I came together with Tascam, they said, well, we want you to be able to talk from a firsthand standpoint about our products. So we're going to make sure that you have everything that you need to record and edit on your own. So I even have a client that comes to me that she records her podcast with me. I do all the editing So I do spend a lot of time with it. I am a perfectionist. I have kind of told myself maybe that's to a fault and maybe I need to, I don't want to say stop over-editing my podcast, but you also have to keep in mind, Ed, now hear this entertainment, those episodes come out 45, 50, 55 minutes long, sometimes even as much as an hour. So a show that long is going to take a lot of time to edit, including dropping in bumpers and things like that. Something like Catholic Sports Radio that's half the running time is obviously going to be half as much work. But at the same time, it's a labor of love. I'd be lying if I didn't say that I wasn't trying to monetize this. Obviously, right now with Catholic Sports Radio, I'm trying to be a good and faithful servant and just use my time and talent, as we say in church. But at the same time, I do have a responsibility to look at it and say, is this something that at some point I can monetize? I I do feel confident that it is. Right now, I just want to build it up before I can start down that road because, again, practice what you preach. We always tell new podcasters, don't get into it and have your first question be, how do I monetize this? So tell us about your setup. What kind of equipment do you have? Is it all at home? What are you using to edit on, you know, what uh, program are you using to edit? Tell us all about, take us through all of that. All right. So, yes, it is at home. Although I do have a lot of gear that I can take out with me on the road, I do a lot of on-location interviews, and of course, I use Tascam for everything. So the Tascam audio interface that I referred to before, the US-42, which is the mini studio creator, initially I was taking that out on the road with a couple of microphones and my laptop, but to simplify it even further, I now just use the Tascam DR44WL, which is a handheld recorder. Although it has built-in microphones, I choose to XLR two external microphones into it. I just feel I have better control that way. 
I bring my headphones, and it's really that simple. When I'm at home, I have the audio interface, again, the mini studio, the US 42 from Tascam. I use that. I use one of their microphones, and then, believe it or not, uh, someone laughed recently because they said, wow, I didn't know anybody that was using that for podcasting. That's for music. But I use Sonar to edit the edit and record all the podcasts, Cakewalk. And it is designed for music, but Tascam trained me on this. It was a, a product that they had that they no longer market, but it was called the Track Factory, which was kind of an all-in-one where you get a small little computer. It's about the size of my hand. And then all I had to get was a monitor, but it had the US 2x2 audio interface, headphones, microphone. So it's not a lot to get set up and running. I've gone through a few different iterations of Tascam headphones. They have their latest ones that they just came out with, which I'm wearing right now. And these are very comfortable, which we all know is extremely important. They're the TH-07s. And that's really it. It's a nice looking setup, but it doesn't have to be really extensive and elaborate. I'm proud of the sound that I get, and I'm real happy with all the Tascam gear and my whole setup here at home. Earlier on, you mentioned 20-plus ways to start your podcast. Share two or three with our our folks. So 20-plus ways to promote your podcast. I always make sure that I'm really far into that list before I talk about social media because everybody just thinks, oh, I know, he's going to say Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, which are all important, but there are so many other things that you can do. So, for instance, media relations is one of the services that my company offers, so that's something that I do. Right now for Catholic Sports Radio, I'm getting a lot of attention for it because I wrote and sent out a press release about the podcast. And I think people go, press releases? Does anybody do press releases anymore? Absolutely. And so you send this press release out about your podcast, and all of a sudden you have, in my case, the Catholic News Service writing a feature story they called and interviewed me, and now all of their member papers are picking this up. So that's a great way to promote your podcast. And again, then you go to your social media and you say, look at this article that was published about my podcast, and so it gives you something to talk about on your social media instead of just when a new episode comes out. Another one that I like to talk about is to have a promotional item that is specific to your podcast. Here's what I mean by that. Whenever I go to networking events, everybody always wants to hand you a koozie. And I think, what does that koozie tell me about your business? When I see that koozie, how does that make me think of what your product or service is? So for now here, this entertainment, I have a small little plastic case on the top of it is the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast logo, and right below it, it says www.nhte.net. And people go, what is this? They pop it open, and there's earbuds inside. You need earbuds to listen to a podcast, and it's a podcast about music. So it's very appropriate. If you are somebody whose business was you're in the trades and so your promotional item was a small little screwdriver that's a magnet that people could put on the side of their refrigerator. So all of a sudden they have to adjust the garbage disposal or something goes wrong. They need to grab a screwdriver. They see that. And now it's a repair that they say, I can't handle this myself. We need to call somebody. Oh, yeah, 
the guy who gave me this screwdriver, his website is right on the screwdriver or his phone number is on the screwdriver. So think of something that will help promote your podcast that people will think of when they look at it and not just a koozie because it's always good to have something to pass out. One of the other ones that I say, Ed, is to have a business card just for your show. If you work at Bank of America Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, and you give me that business card, when I sit down on Saturday afternoon and I say, I'm going to go through some of these business cards I've been accumulating recently at some of these events I've been going to, I'm going to look at that card and say, why do I have the business card of someone from Bank of America? At best, I might remember, oh, I think this person said they have a podcast. I'm not going to remember what it was. And so to have a card just for your podcast will show people you're serious. It'll tell them where they can go and listen to it. Print it on, print on both sides of it so you can give a little description of what they can expect when they go to that show. And again, it's something that's not social media. You have to be deliberate about promoting your podcast. Talk about the best way to prepare show notes. Well, this is just one man's opinion, of course, but because I edit my own podcast, I do it all at the same time. So as I'm editing, I'm also typing up my show notes. So I I make it real easy on myself in terms of the description of the episode because when I write the intro for how I'm going to bring in the guest on the Now Hear This Entertainment episode that I'm recording, I already have written on there. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Atlanta, Georgia, my guest is a singer, songer, singer, songwriter, guitar player who finished second on The Voice two years ago. He has a new EP coming out and has been on tour opening up. for. And so I have this whole thing written out. So that can also become the episode description. And so when I go to do my show notes, I don't have to say, well, what am I going to write as the description for this episode? I already wrote it the day I re- interviewed the guest. Now, when it comes to the quotes from the guest, again, as I'm editing, I'm also kind of keeping an ear out for, ooh, that was really good. That was helpful. Now, here's another good trick. So there's two here. One of the things that I do is every Monday on the Instagram account for Now Hear This Entertainment, I publish a quote, and it's a quote that's pulled from a show notes page. So I'm not having to do the work all over again, but it's something that was impactful that was said during that episode And so I can say on Instagram, this is a quote from episode 123 when the guest was Wendy Wagner, who sings on tour with Joe Walsh. If you never heard it before, go to NHTE.net and listen to episode 123. So on those days when you say, I don't have anything to post on social media, there's something that you can pull out so that you don't have to go quiet. You don't have to go dark that day on social media and you send people back to old episodes. Now, the other trick is, as I'm typing up my show notes, I'm listening for myself to do this little game that I have with myself, which is, this helps you become a better interviewer. If you're really dialed into what your guest is saying, number one, you're not only going to think of good follow-up questions, but number two, they're going to say something that's going to trigger a prior conversation that you had on another episode. So someone will say something, and I'll say, Gee, you know, Ed, I'm really glad you brought that up because that was a lot like episode 175 with Katie Bell, who is a singer in Atlanta, Georgia, and also a model who told me that her modeling helps her get more singing gigs. Listeners, if you never heard that one, go back and listen to episode 175. So then when I'm 
typing up my show notes, I have a section of my show notes page that says related and or mentioned episodes. And so I put a link to those that I talked about. So it's also a way to kind of someone might have come to that episode just to hear me interview that one guest. And now all of a sudden I'm sending them around to other episodes. Well, now they forgot that they ever came in the first place just for that one. And they're saying, I like this show. These are good interviews. These are good guests. And so you're bringing them in now as a listener of your show instead of a listener of just that one episode. And like I say, it helps you provide a more comprehensive show notes page. And obviously, you want to put a link on the show notes page to the guest's website. Bruce, great information. Uh, I, I'm sure we could go on and on all day long. How can people reach out to you, talk to you, listen to uh, your shows, uh, throw everything out there so uh, people know where to find you? Well, we already talked about Tascam Talkback. So for now, here, this entertainment, just go to nhte.net, which obviously stands for now, here, this entertainment. And when you go to nhte.net, You'll see all the episodes there. You'll see links to the other platforms that you can go hear it. And obviously, you can just click on the contact button to send me an email. And then for my newest one, you can go to catholicsportsradio.net and the website, same thing. The episodes are there. There's links to social media. There's links to other platforms. And I always love hearing from people, whether it's email or social media. So I'd love to see some people who have found me through this conversation with you, uh, contacting me through social media or through traditional email. Bruce, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you.